Hi, I'm Jay Finch Fletchley. I'm boyish and fun. Want to hear a riddle? What has eight legs? To find it out, maybe you should come see Puffs. Puffs. And scene. In true Adam fashion, like Tara mentioned in the last episode, I like to remind you about Puffs, or seven increasingly eventful years at a certain school of magic and magic, a community theater production relaunching the Broadview Heights Spotlights cabaret series this fall. This is the story of the badger-loving, herbology-obsessed group of students that you all know and love. I'll be playing Jay Finch Fletchley, as you just heard, as well as a myriad of other zany and lovable characters in this charming show. Please come and join us and our magical friends September 20th through the 22nd at Broadview Heights Spotlights. To learn more and buy tickets, visit www.broadview-heights-spotlights.org. Now that I got that off my chest, this is Basic Snitches! Hi! I'm Adam, as I think I may have already said. I'm Tara. And I haven't said anything yet. And you've been listening to us for 16 episodes now, so I'm sure you know that. But that's the closest thing that we have to an introduction, so <laughs> I guess, guess that's about the overall win. Hi, we're going to talk about Chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. I'm glad that you said it, because again, my book was upside down. I was like not looking at it. I was unprepared. So okay, that. but first, do you want to hear who won Chapter 15 and who lost Chapter 15? No. I bet you can guess. The answer is yes, Adam. You want to hear <laughs> what I have to say. You want me to guess? Okay, the winner is Forenzi. Probably not. That would have been my, maybe my winner. The winner is probably Harry, and the loser is Filch or Malfoy, or maybe it's, is it Quirldemort? Uh, Quirldemort. I'm really glad I asked you to guess, because Friends none of those people. Friends was, <laughs> Friends was my original winner, and uh-huh. then I thought about it, and Filch was my original loser, but I thought about it more. And so I gave the loss to Malfoy. Okay. It's easy to give the loss to Malfoy. <laughs> He had more page time to suck than Filch did, so he got it. So I give the win to Hagrid, because sassy Hagrid. Not bad. Win, win, win for Hagrid. Also, he lost the last chapter. He redeemed himself. Good job, my buddy Hagrid. Yes. Yes. Although, with two chapters left, there's still plenty of time for people to redeem or unredeem themselves. Unredeem themselves. And in order to potentially learn how some of those characters fuck things up, or (laughs) don't fuck things up... I have this episode's chapter summary for you right here. Yay! Enjoy. Chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. Anxiety surrounding the exam is even more bountiful when there might be someone coming to kill you. But somehow Harry survives. The exams do seem pretty cool though. Making a pineapple tap dance? Fun! Where did Flitwick find so many pineapple-sized tap shoes? Harry experiences an epiphany and realizes what we were all wondering a couple of chapters ago. How convenient is it that Norbert's egg showed up to Hagrid? They take a trip down to Hagrid in which he offers them a drink and Ron is ready to get turned when he reveals that he told the hooded figure who gave him the egg how to make Fluffy go to sleep. Hagrid! Hermione and Ron aren't as concerned about it. After all, it's safe as long as Dumbledore is there. Oh wait, Dumbledore isn't here? Well, shit. Time to turn up the shenanigans. They decide to creep out that night and try to get the stone themselves rather than trusting the teachers. After all, as we find out in the next chapter, there's no possibility that the villain of this book could have gotten to the stone, but we can't just expect the book to end here, can we? On the way out, the trio runs into Mr. Jacket Potato himself, a.k.a. Neville, a.k.a. Terrace Husband, <laughs> who tries to stop them, but Hermione petrifies him while shouting, That's foreshadowing for book two. <laughs> they make their way past Fluffy by playing music on the flute that Hagrid gave Harry for Christmas. It's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> You're reading it perfectly. Like, you know what I was getting at. I'm sorry. Continue. Took me a second. <laughs> they come across a variety of traps set by the faculty of Hogwarts, which actually shows how much the three have learned. Well, 
really what Harry and Hermione have learned. Ron's good at chess. We knew this. Hermione helps them get past the devil snare. Harry uses his secret skills to catch a rusty flying key to move them onto the chess game that Ron helps them win. Ron, though, is bitch slapped by a queen in process. Unfortunately, it's not as much fun as watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Sad face. So, it's the end of the road for him in this adventure. Next, they encounter Dolores Jane on bridge again. Fortunately, she's been knocked out already by their predecessor. Then they approach a logic game in the form of potions, which Hermione easily helps with. Only Harry can move forward, so Hermione heads back to help Ron. The next and final room, Harry expects to fight Snape, but to his surprise, it's... Cliffhanger! Who could it be? Argus Filch, Vernon Dursley, Professor Trelawney's sobriety? Yeah, that's probably never going to get found. Stay tuned, or go back and listen to the last 15 episodes where we spoiled it already. Well Very done. Nice. That was great. You <laughs> had that mic. You got all my, like, cues. <laughs> my, like, wrong melody version of ironic. It was You know what? We don't want to get sued. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> That's right. <I'm> just... <laughs> yeah, we don't want copyright claims, so. Yeah. So I, I had to sing it wrong. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we made it. We made it to the big scene. The, this <laughs> like, this chapter is, whoo! Yeah, exactly. So, and where we start off is it's time for exams, finally. When time was it? exams. Three chapters ago when Hermione was like, oh my god, I need to get ready. Okay, now yeah, like, we're finally here. Yeah, like it was a bazillion weeks ago, <laughs> yes. Hermione. Yes. The last episode, I re- referenced these uh, anti-cheating quills. That's, yes, That's number you did. one. You did. Um, and again, magic objects. The exams are really interesting. I love the exams. Like, I'm sorry, you have to change a mouse into a snuff box? I was having the best time reading about the exams. Yeah. yeah. And you get more points for making it a pretty snuff box? Right, I would get like a C. I think I would get the snuff box, right? It just wouldn't look very pretty. Because I'd be like, oh, that's the end of my... What if the snuff box's tails were like tied into pretty bows? She's like, well, it's pretty, but it these are tails. Well, those Tara. are tails. I don't. No, I. I honestly think I would be the one who'd be like, well, I did it, and it would be like the most boring fucking. Thing. <laughs> it's but just I a wooden box. Be like, I find this very pretty, but also I'm just not creative. Art is, who, I'm not good at that shit. I mean, you in theory are an artist. Yes. But if I have to make something look pretty, that ain't a thing. That ain't a thing, guys. (laughs) That's, I think Transfiguration would be, like, the class I'd be most excited about, too. Yeah. Besides Defense Against the Dark Arts, because I'm, like, I'm a a physical person. Like, I want to physically do things. So I have Charms, Defense, and Transfiguration, which are clearly the most exciting classes to people anyway. Charms, Transfiguration, and then when we get there, of course, Divination. Divination. Yeah, I'm with Hermione on that. I'm not 100% with Hermione on that. I just don't think I'd get it. Like, I just don't think I'm that person. I wouldn't be like, this is bullshit. I fucking hate this class. <laughs> like, she does. But, yeah. I, um, Care of Magical Creatures be, would be a fun one That would be well. a good one for me. Obviously. I mean, even though... <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Is that a Snape reference? <laughs> Speaking of Snape, I honestly don't even hate potions in this instance. It's Harry even is like, potion. oh, he's not so bad at this. Yeah. Honestly, like, all of these exams sound better. The only ones that seem to be standard test format are History of Magic, which, of course, no. They make a reference to the fact that Charms may have been, because Ron, like, pokes fun at Hermione that she could go to Flitwick and be like, oh, I'm so nervous that I got question 14B wrong or something. Yeah, because it even says they, like, they had a written exam and then they had practical exams. So I think they had yeah. both for... For both, for like defense against the dark arts. That one was probably like multiple choice or essay form or something. I can't imagine that they would have to do anything that is like hands on. But I also appreciate that several of these uh, potions, transfiguration, and oh well, no charms. Okay, I take that back because charms <laughs> is a dancing pineapple. How I could I how could I forget? How would you forget dancing pineapple? So so no, Ron, that wasn't even a good joke. Go back, go into like Malfoy's club. Malfoy and Ron, people who aren't good at jokes. So yeah, charms, transfiguration, and potions were all like actual like take what you've learned this year and apply it. Yeah. In this, cl- I think that's great. I think that they still do written stuff for those classes. Yeah, that makes sense. Like um, like there's I mean, there's the most multiple choice, the essay, and the apply it to yeah. actually doing a thing. Yeah, because I mean the the test can't just be I made a pineapple tap dance. 
That would be really fucking great. I don't think it I mean, of course, where's the fun in telling the reader, oh, first they had, like, 200 multiple choice questions. No, because, like, we want to know. But people reading these books for the first time are like, yeah, we get it. They're taking tests. Move on. There's conflict here. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Adam wants to know about magical highlighters, and I want to know what's on a fucking magical test. Right? I want to know both. Right, same. It's not one or the other. We just want to know things. I want to know about magical office supplies. Magical office supplies. Magical protractors. That's, that's right. They, <laughs> they don't have that. There's not math. So exams are cool. Exams are cool. Because we're not taking them. <laughs> but then there's an overwhelming feeling of like, oh, those exams weren't so bad. Which first. is good because Harry is like feeling like shit through the whole thing. Right. The first year of taking exams. So and having to deal with like, like oh, someone's going to come in and kill yeah, me. Yeah, someone's going to kill me. And also my head hurts, but Okay. But then after this, um, they're chilling, they finished exams, and he has this another great epiphany moment of the egg. And, and he, like he's just like, oh, hold on, this and this and this and it's this. exactly what you said a couple episodes ago of like, well, if you remember it, that egg, it came from someone at the Leaky Cauldron. This is precisely where it picks back up. And like, you had to read through all of that frustrating <clears throat> bullshit to get to this moment. The reason for the egg is so that they can learn how to make Fluffy fall asleep. So everybody it's knows. It's such good storytelling. Yeah. That, like, this is perfect. And everybody knows that Hagrid is, has a big mouth. So, of course, they go to Hagrid. And we find out that the way to get, Hag- the way to get Hagrid to fall asleep. <laughs> the way to get whiskey. Hagrid. Yeah, I was going to say. Is get him Get him fucking wasted. <laughs> uh, it's going to take a lot of whiskey, though, because that's a big bitch. It takes a lot to get me to go to sleep, and I am much smaller than Hagrid. Shit, me too. So the way to get Fluffy to fall asleep is to play him some music. Music! And then we get another nice piece of storytelling, because as they are later getting ready to go and explore on their adventure, Hagrid's flute comes up again. It does. Which is another wonderful thing. Like, they have to get past Hagrid's beast, so they're going to use the gift that Hagrid gave him. It's great. that This ties so many chapters together. It's It's great. It's really exciting, and it's like, the reader knows that we're leading up to, like, a huge climax here, and they're getting all these little bits and pieces of, like, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember that. Before they freak out and go down to Hagrid, you know, they're just kind of going over the exams and whatever. Harry's talking about how his forehead hurts. And he's he's like, I wish I knew what this means. I think it's a warning or whatever. And Hermione, and I don't think she's not fussed, but Ron is not fussed at all. He's just like, it's fine. The stone's safe. Dumbledore's here. Blah, blah, blah. And I have then a peaceful he, then life. Like, and then he was like, <laughs> Neville will play Quidditch for England before oh. Hagrid lets Dumbledore down fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Neville. You're wrong. You're not wrong, but like you don't need to say it out loud. Poor Neville. We've we've praised these children for being sassy though in the past too. I mean, it's it's. But I don't I don't know. I but feel they like came for your man. They came for my man. But more like Harry's not in the mood for that. He's like, okay, but also danger. Like my life feels like it's in danger. Uh, we're gonna make jokes about our classmates. Rude. <laughs> but I love her mind. It's just like, well, you know, because she's like, oh, it's probably from the exams because that's where she comes from. She's always thinking that way. She, and I love her little dream or nightmare that she had. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I woke up last night with halfway through my transfiguration notes before I remembered we'd done that one. Poor Hermione. Who she is. So I have to take back what I said a few moments ago about Ron not being good at jokes because that joke towards Neville, you gotta admit, it was kind of funny though. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm just saying, do you need to say it out loud? Like It was accurate and it, hey, there have been some bad jokes. He said a good one. I'm gonna let it slide. That's, I'm sorry. That's fine. You can. You can. That's that's okay. And then, of course, you know. And then that's when he has Then they, he's like, wait, what? And I love his reaction. He's just, it like all comes together because we can all relate to that. You know, we're just like, wait, hold on. <laughs> well, it makes me think of previously when Hermione was like, of course, I had this book for light reading, all of that. Except this really is some great sleuthing on his part. The other thing, I can't believe we didn't mention this previously when we were like, Hagrid needs to drink, you know, a couple bottles of whiskey to fall asleep. And he's like, hello, children, come into my hut. Would you like a drink? And Ron is like, yes. Yes. First of all. These are 11 year olds. I'm sure he was going to give them tea. Hagrid is not that irresponsible. 
I really like to think that he was going to give these children, and Ron is like, yep, I'm here for it. I feel like as he's, get as he's getting the tea ready, Ron is like behind his back searching through the liquor cabinet. Ron secretly has like a little bottle of fire whiskey. <laughs> Here's the other thing. There are so many other shenanigans and troubles that these children can get into. I'm sure that the faculty ha- has like no thought in their mind like that these kids are trying to get wasted. Right? <laughs> For real though. Which we do not encourage, of course. No. Like drink <laughs> responsibly and... <laughs> But like, and legally. Like but Ron is like, yes, please. And Harry's like, no, bitch. We got to talk about it. <laughs> no. Hagrid's in trouble, Ron. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> and of course, Hagrid tells them what they need to know. And then they realize, oh, shit. Snape, because they still think that it's Snape, is going to, knows how to get past Luffy. He's going to go get the stone. Oh, but it'll be fine as long as Dumbledore's here. So when they go to McGonagall to say, we need to see Dumbledore, she's like, what the fuck you need to see Dumbledore for? He's at the Ministry of Magic. That's when, this is the catalyst of, we need to go and get the stone ourselves. My thought yeah, now here you're is, not wrong. I can be nosy to an extent, but this is taking it really, really far. And I guess it's not something completely relatable either because I've never had to do something completely out of the norm to save my life. I've never had to do this. Oh, no. But I wonder if this is another knee-jerk reaction, needing to go do this and break all of these rules. I think it comes from this conversation they have with McGonagall. Well, yes. Because they're like, we're going to go tell Dumbledore. Like, that's what we should have done. And McGonagall kind of lets them down. Like, I feel like she could maybe have done a little more with this like you these kids keep getting like they get caught out of bed at night these kids have a very clear pattern of breaking the rules already and McGonagall you know more about what goes on in the school than you let on these kids are telling you this they know more than they should know shouldn't you be a little more onto that even if you're just like they're just being nosy kids and you're not necessarily thinking they're gonna do this thing maybe be a little more attentive to that like there's even the line where it's like, what they said next was not what she expected to hear about, like, no. what has to do with the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly right. First of all, she knows that things are going on. She's alluded to things kind of being ominous and whatnot in the last chapter. She knows about the Philosopher's Stone. These kids come to you and they say, this has to do with the Philosopher's Stone. But at the same time, I'm sure that like, she is sick of their shit. Like, she just had to take 50 points away from yeah, them. Yeah, so she is sick of their shit. That would be too. Now, this really makes me wonder, okay, the Weasley boys and the Marauders, they've got to be real fucking good. It gets to this point where there is danger involved here. And she's just like, no. Don't even try looking, going past Fluffy, all of that shit. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I understand her being like, I can assure you it's safe, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, be- I believe that she believes that it's safe, yeah. but also these fucking kids, look at what they've been doing all year. I had mentioned this in my summary, of course. What we are about to walk through here in a couple minutes is they get through every single one of those safe And they're 11. Yes, like these are things that they have already learned. The one thing that is smart enough is what is then covered in the next chapter. Before we get into some of that, though, where we explore underneath the castle, I do also want to point out to Harry's point, and this is where you can really see like it's not just them trying to cause trouble or anything. Like he's truly like scared for his life here. Again, he's at eleven. He isn't trusting the authority figures here. This long thing, Hermione says, you can't, after what McGonagall and Snape have said, you'll be expelled. And Harry's like, so what? Don't you understand? If Snape gets a hold of the stone, Voldemort's coming back. Haven't you heard what it was like when he was trying to take over? There won't be any Hogwarts to get expelled from. He'll flatten it or turn it into a school for the dark arts. Losing points doesn't matter anymore, can't you see? And then later he even says, if I get caught before... I can get to the stone well. I have to go back to the Dursleys. Like, he doesn't even care about going back to the Dursleys at this point. I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's so precious and so dramatic and I love it. Like, this whole paragraph is just like this this rally cry would be like, I don't give a shit about school because this is more important. Yeah. And it's so dramatic. When Harry gives his speech in front of, like, Dumbledore's army in the fifth book, it's so much more focused and yeah. so much more mature because he's much older. 
But it's so cute because, like, he gets it. It's a very dramatic delivery, and I love it. It's just so cute. Well, there's some things there, too. He's, that I every think... part of it's right. Yeah. He's right. But it's just, it's it's the line where he's just like, I'll go back to the Dursleys and wait for Voldemort to find me there. And it's only dying a bit later than I would have because I'm never going over to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> that little part especially. I'm never going over to the dark side. Like, yeah, I think that this, this part in particular, it shows... We have said this in every episode. Growth. Growth is such a huge theme throughout it. I think it's probably the biggest constant throughout the whole thing. Or at least one of the ones that I guess I like a little bit more because we're so focused on the characters. And yeah, he's totally right. It's interesting to compare it to that Dumbledore's army one because yes, he's more focused. I mean, it's not the he's, same speech. It's not the same type of speech, no. but just like the it's way, not like he, life and death the way he like plays his angle. Yep. To explain what he's doing. I don't know. It's He's also responding to Hermione, who she still has some maturing to do, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it, it goes a little bit back to when they were going out for the midnight duel and she was trying to stop them. But at this point, Perry's like, no, bitch, it ain't like that. It, this is so much bigger. It's so much more important. Yeah. I read these chapters a couple of times before I do my notes, and I also, like, listen to them. It's his delivery of this little monologue is also very dramatic. And it sounds so funny coming from, like, you know, this grown voice actor saying these lines as an 11-year-old. Mm -hmm. It kind of hits you. This is a very grown-up thing to think about. His angle and his wording is very childish because it's very innocent. The fact that he's coming to these conclusions, he was like, yeah, actually school is not as important as this. Really heavy shit. Yeah. Remember when Ron was like, she has to sort out her priorities. <laughs> like, right. he has his priorities straight. I think what it comes down to is exactly what you said, that the words are very childish, but it's a very grown-up thought. So cute. This really lifted off the page for me. Like, yeah. this was a big part where I'm like, okay, here we are. I think this is what then propels them then to finally be like, okay, we're going to do it. There is that little sidestep where they're like, okay, you try to hold back Snape. And then, of course, Snape's just like, okay, I'm just going to get Flitwick. And Hermione's like, oh, my God, no. And she runs back. But then... Hermione's finally, not an improviser <laughs> no, yet. Not yet at all. As they are departing for this adventure, they are coming down, and this wonderful scene happens. Oh, that's great. With, with my favorite person. That's right. But Bay. <laughs> okay, we're not going there. <laughs> we, we don't use those terms on here. Bay? We're educated adults. What? I can say that thing that is being hidden that has Fluffy is Elvis Dumbledore's anal beads, but I can't call Neville Longbottom Bay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you need to sort out your problems. <laughs> I've never called Neville Bay. He's just, he's my guy. He's Bay. Oh, Bay is a terrible term. So Bay comes out and he confronts the trio. Do you want to take it? They are all <laughs> terrible at being innocent here. Every single one of them, like, you know, he's just like, oh, what are you doing? And Harry's like, nothing. <laughs> and then he's like, you're going out again. And Harry's like, no, we're not. Well, you should Why don't have you go back to Neville. bed? Like, like, you guys are so fucking guilty. It's like, so funny. Neville's like, I can see through your fucking shit. I'm going to beat the living daylights out of you. But then also fucking Ron, who's just like, well, no, you stand up to other people, but not to us. Okay, Ron. No. <laughs> oh my god. It's, yeah, that's a really great point that I did not write down. I love how they're like, just like, oh shit, it's Neville, get out of here. And so then <laughs> she takes it like to 180. Yeah. It, <laughs> and she's like, come over here. <laughs> she petrifies him. It, it, Harry, like there's a thing later where it says, Neville lying motionless on the floor didn't feel like a very good omen. <laughs> right? uh, you know, we're going to like leave a classmate just lying there that, and I'm gonna like kick him under the that, like that feels really uneasy to me too Harry <laughs> me too the Mrs. Norris thing and then the peeves and all and that and then Harry does another fucking great thing he's like oh I'm the bloody baron oh. yeah but imagine that if it was like Ron or Hermione they do not have the improvisational skills like it's very that. interesting that Harry suddenly has them in this point I think he's just like rep he's under pressure yeah he's well, and that's, that's our Harry. That's yep. how he works. Works well under pressure. <laughs> I do love Peeves' little lie. No, you're there even if I can't see you. Are you ghouly or ghosty or wee student beastie? Like, I, Peeves talks Peeves, weird. Peeves is such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. He's fun. He can be fun. He can be a pain in the ass. Like, sometimes he's on the page. I'm like, ha, ah, that's funny. And then usually I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. 
so far the only time I've enjoyed Peeves is the little Hagrid's crumpet incident. I really enjoyed. Oh no, that. there's there's some great Peeves stuff coming up in the future, but <laughs> that you are completely correct. <laughs> One other thing that I was thinking of regarding Neville, because my mind automatically thinks of in the narrative. Okay, what is this doing? What is this getting across? And, I mean, of course, there are some things that are just meant to be entertaining, and I think that's part of it. Like, even in the promotional materials for the first movie, mm-hmm. I always remember them showing the piece, which is like, Petrificus Totalis becomes suddenly very rigid and everything. Mm-hmm. But I truly feel like the main purpose of this is later on so that math works correctly in Dumbledore's final speech, if you know what I mean. Yes, it's more than that, but also thank you, Dumbledore, for math. Yes. Right? Finally, the first time that math is mentioned in this... Right, in fucking this math. Book. Then after they get away from all that bullshit, they see our friend Fluffy. Yeah. And Paul and Jennifer. And they, <laughs> That's right. They see the harp there and bypass Fluffy by playing the flute. Harry tries one more time to get them to go back, to sort of do it on his own. Yep. Don't be stupid, said Ron. Well, (laughs) true, Ron, because as we then learn, each of these tasks is, like, so well-suited for each of them. They need to be together. Yeah. They could not have all gotten to the end without having all all three of of them. them. Yeah. So, of course, Fluffy was a joint effort. That's the one that they actually knew about. They would not have survived this double snare without her mind. No, not at all. Now, this is the whole, like, thinking under pressure thing. She doesn't do well with it at first. (laughs) Well, no. She's like, I need to remember what it is. And it's her thought process. Okay, this is Devil's Snare. And then the whole, like, dry wood thing. And then, of course, she gets them through it because she was paying attention in Herbology class. That's a pretty quick one that they get through. And then they get to one of my favorite things, maybe, in all of the books. The Enchanted Keys. Enchanted Flying Keys. I will say that I think... Obviously, this is Harry's journey, so you need Harry. I think Ron probably could have eventually gotten the key, but Maybe. I think that we have to focus on like that being a strength of Harry's. Yeah. But I would like to think that Ron is would be capable of it. Maybe. I mean, if it's similar to catching a golden snitch, maybe he wouldn't have been quite as good. Well, I don't think I mean, he would have been be as more good. capable. But I think he but... get it. Hermione. Hermione Hermione never would have gotten. Right. Also, (laughs) we do get Hermione on a broomstick, which is not nearly as amusing as Snape on a broomstick, but (laughs) there is definitely Hermione on a broomstick, which is funny. And it's just very cool because charms are cool. Yeah. Oh, of course. I I don't know. I love them. I think just flying keys is like a cute element of the Harry Potter universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like floating candles and some of the other things. Like, even if you go on Pinterest and search like Harry Potter party, one of them is finding all these old keys and putting letters on them, you know? Yeah. Now, one thing that I do really like is them constantly bringing up the reminder like, somebody has been through here before. And they even mention, like, the key has been crushed a little bit. Yeah. And so now this key is flying away, and it's even a little bit more, like, fucked up, having been caught twice. I think about when they do the whole thing with the chest. Like, that one is so very obvious. Yeah. They would not have gotten through that without Ron at all. I wonder in her process, because Ron is written in such a specific way, He's the most immature. He has the most deficits of the the three of them. Wizard's Chess was such a nice, fun way to add another magical thing in, Mm -hmm. but also give Ron something actually good to do. Yeah, I mean, here's the the Wizard's Chess thing is just very cool. Yeah. I love that it, like, symbolizes the intellect of strategy and stuff. Yep. Which, unfortunately, we don't really get a whole lot from Ron after this. That gets to show his strategic efforts. But I think it's more because, like you said before, he's very specific. Mm -hmm. And so even though Ron is very good at wizard's chest, he's not necessarily good at other strategies. He has other great moments throughout the series. Yes. This is such a big one. He essentially is willing to be sacrificed here. While Harry very clearly through the whole book is like, if I have to die, I have to die. This is what happens. But this isn't Ron's battle. And he's just like, okay, this is what has to happen next. It's a beautiful moment of loyalty and strength from Ron. It's not just, I'm good at chess. It's his choice to be like, okay, I have to run this game. And at the end of the chess game where he's like, yeah, I got to sacrifice myself. But if I do that, 
Harry, you can checkmate, and then you can move on. Yeah. It's very mature of him, yeah. which we it's know. It's one of the best moments of Ron that we've seen. It's I mean. Not, it's the best. Yeah, and it is it is one of the best moments of Ron, period, yeah. throughout the whole series. Yeah. He gets pretty whiny. I mean, he's been kind of a brat sometimes. Ron. I mean, Ron, you know, Ron's but. a person, but, <laughs> yes. you know, we all have those moments. The chess game is, the chessmen sound really creepy, and, like, Ron gets these, like, we have to be chessmen, we have to take their places. They're a little humanoid here than the movie, of course, we'll get to that. It's gonna be scary, like, when that happens, so, you know, like, Ron is knocked unconscious by the queen, and you are two kids who see your friend getting hurt, and you can't go to him. Yeah. It's probably really terrifying for them back when Neville fell off the broom and they see their classmate fall and get hurt. But there's an adult there and there's action being taken right away. Ron is unconscious. Like, the idea of someone just not moving, seeing that is scary to think about now. Like, the answer is not to run to him. They have to finish this game, which they finish basically immediately. And then suddenly Harry is a fucking MD and he's like, he'll be fine. Let's go. Well, yeah. I want to bring that up. What the fuck? He's just being kind of, like, optimistic perhaps he's like scared um, to see how bad well Ron is. again i hate to bring up another movie thing here but i it's worth also bringing up at this moment in the movie he's not playing the knight he's on top of yes the horse and so here is a lot more brutal the stakes are definitely higher yeah this actually happens during the potion scene but i really really want to bring up what something that that's where we are now so yeah you mentioned logic and strategy though Mm -hmm. and i talked about when we first were introduced to wizard chess how hermione isn't great at it or at least this is something that ron is better than hermione at and i thought okay maybe this is how ron learns He's not as book smart as as Hermione. But then they get to the potions, and she says, a lot of the greatest wizards haven't got an ounce of logic, because the potions is actually a logic thing. Yes, it is. Not a chemistry thing. And when she said that, I gave her a round of applause, because I feel like I've been kind of saying that this Mm -hmm. whole time. There are so few things in this entire book that defy the most logical reasoning. And she brings it up here, and it's like, hell yes, my girl Hermione knows that logic is something at play. It makes me wonder if Ron were there, if he would have been able to solve this too. It's funny because I wrote the question, would Harry have gotten it? We have talked a little bit about how each of them could probably have done some of them. Fluffy, all of them probably could have gotten past Fluffy. They knew what they had to do. The double snare, that was really Hermione. The keys, that was clearly Harry's skill. But Ron probably could have done it. It would have taken him a lot longer to to achieve that. Yeah. The chess game, perhaps Harry would have been able to do that. I don't... I mean, it's the same thing with the keys. With Ron, I'm like, uh... It's a big maybe for me, for Ron. Because I feel like Seeker is so much more of a difficult thing. Yeah. But here, same thing. Like, he might have been... I mean, even Hermione might have... But the stakes are higher. And that's why it's so important for all of them to be there. Because even though I'm like, "Mm, Hermione or Harry could have done the chess game. Yeah. But Ron is the best for it. Like, no one could have done the double snare but Hermione. Like, maybe Harry would have, like, Uh, thrown out some random spell is the only thing. But I don't think so. Um, And now the troll, which we did skip over that little thing. Because because it's already knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. They could have handled that. I feel like they had that go already. Yes, it kind of took all three of them because Harry had the wand up the nose and then Ron used Wingardium Leviosa and all of that. But I think that they probably could have taken care of that. And then, of course, the last part. We'll get there. The potions, I almost feel like this is the one where there's some crossover between Ron and Hermione. Yeah. It's curious. I don't completely know. Like, even as I was reading it, I was like, okay, I feel like I would be able to figure this one out. I would actually like to say about all of the tasks up to the next chapter, I think they could have gotten through without Harry. I think Harry is, is the least important That is probably true. In those, obviously, like, he kind of keeps... Hermione calm during the double snare. So there's like that nice contrast. That's true. He, but I really do think Ron could have gotten the key. Again, it wouldn't have been as smooth as Harry. But out of all of them, if you were to take one of them out to get up to that point, I would have taken Harry out. 
That's probably true. Obviously, if you, you can't. take one of them out. Yeah. Right. You can't. Um, and he is the calming force in between all of them. Yeah. So yeah, they leave Ron and they do the logic puzzle. The riddle is so well written. Snape a poet. Snape a poet. I mean, we see teenage Snape in the future and you know that he was, you know, writing poetry. He just seems like it's slam poetry sessions. <laughs> I mean, it was not slam poetry. It was like emo teenage yeah, poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're not wrong. So this might be Snape's best work. This might be Snape's best work. I love this moment between Harry and Hermione. Just the whole scene of them with the potions. Her explaining to him what it is. And, and he... he Interestingly, still takes control of the situation. He lets her figure it out because he's not going to figure it out like she is. And he was like, okay, well, which one does this? Which one does this? This is what you need to do. You need to go take care of Ron. Finally, maybe I'm not actually a doctor, so maybe you should go make sure he's alive. Okay. Send the letter to Dumbledore. Do all these things. Like, he takes charge. And he's like, I have to go on. Which one do I need to do to go on? Like... It's really great teamwork. He even steps aside and is like, okay. And Hermione's like, I'm going to do this one. This is easy. Like you said, the teamwork there because she does what she needs to do. And then he's just like, okay, I'm going to move forward. Exactly like you said. I love the dynamic of all three of them. The dynamic of Hermione and Harry together. This is where it begins. There's so much trust between the two of them. That is a different kind of trust or between Harry and Ron. That is way different than Ron and Hermione. We're not even going to go there now. I love Ron. I really do. Harry and Hermione's friendship is so much of the heart of the books for me. And then they have this, you're a brave wizard, Harry. This scene And you're a great wizard. Key. Oh my God. It's yeah. so great. And they're solidifying their friendship right there. And the whole books and cleverness thing. Oh, that is wonderful. I love it so much. This is another moment I need to bring up my favorite theme again here and that's growth what <laughs> when you think back to how they first met hermione and what a brat she was right and now we're at this point it's just like harry's big speech that i read earlier yeah. too you really see the huge comparison here and this this is just one book and then the end of the chapter someone was already there but it wasn't snape it wasn't even voldemort <laughs> when you first read that like way back before did you know it was quirrell because there's a ton of foreshadowing for Quirrell. No, I didn't. But the first time you read it. I was like 17. Yeah. I did think it was Snape. I think you're supposed to think it's Snape. But then after that line, who do you think it is? I mean, I literally just turned the page and kept going. I don't think that I was like, ooh, I wonder who it is. I was just like, oh, look, here it is. Yeah, at that point, you can't really just be like, close the book. Now that's... There's no way you can do that. There's just no way you can do that. So I I honestly couldn't tell you that I had a thought other than turn the page and find out, bitch. This is so similar to when we saw Cursed Child and the first part ends. Like, you gotta see it after that because it's that good of a cliffhanger. Cliffhangers are great. Yes. Before we move on to the movie... I just have one fun question for you. Yeah. We actually mentioned something in this before, but we see the forehead of houses, Quirrell and Hagrid, provide the safe holds to protecting the stone. And Dumbledore, of course. The obstacles, yeah. These are really the main seven staff members that you meet in this book. One could argue, you know, there's, of course, Filch. Filch ain't gonna provide anything. Chains and ropes. Yeah. And torture devices. <laughs> exactly. But he can't enchant them to no, he go after the No, he's going to stand the there and be like, all right, time to torture you bitches. <laughs> We've, of course, seen Professor Benz, but we don't really meet too many others. Professor Sinastra. Yeah. Perhaps. We um, just hear her name. There's Madame Hooch. Of course, we meet her. There's not much that I'm sure she would provide because she's too lazy. <laughs> but if there's professors that we learn about in the future... Trelawney, Chastity Burbridge, Rune's Bitch. I feel like there's other ones that I know I'm missing. How can you see them contributing to this? Honestly, the only one I can think of is, so Professor Vector is the Ancient Runes person, yes, I think. Yes, that's right. Or it was that's Professor right. Vector the Arithmancy. One of those two is Professor is Vector. It, isn't Arithmancy in an Ancient Runes like one of the... Well, no, Arithmancy is like... Arithmancy is math class. Ooh, math, yeah. <laughs> no, um, so I don't know if Professor Vector does one or the other of those. But anyway, the runes, I think that there could be runes too. There could almost be like a tile puzzle or whatever. with the runes. And honestly, that might have been the thing that would be like, hey, 11-year-olds can get past this shit. Maybe we should try harder. Right. 
I don't know. At least bring it up to, you know, 13-year-olds. <laughs> you know? Because because here's the thing is that I don't think that Trelawney, as far as It's a, a softer discipline, like Hermione says. Not even just a softer discipline. I don't know that there's, like, a thing that you can challenge people with. You just, what, someone appears and goes, you have to correctly decipher your dream from last night. And if you get it wrong... I turn you into a teacup. Well, I wonder if it's even like some like puzzle with my favorite thing, tarot cards or something like that, or reading into a crystal ball. Like I was even trying to think, is there any way to involve tea leaves, but... Well, and it's an imprecise branch of magic. Yeah. Or at least Hermione says that about Professor McGonagall saying that. Also, you don't want too many teachers involved. Yeah, they were trying to keep it. You have your heads of houses. It. Got a guard dog, a troll. Yeah. There's plenty going on there. I don't. There's know plenty there. For the intents and purposes of the book, it makes sense for it to be these seven. Notice that that it's seven things, kind of like how there's seven Weasley children and there's seven floors of Hogwarts. And there's, there's seven, seven books. books. And there's seven years, and there's seven other things that we haven't been able to mention yet, but we'll be able to start mentioning them in the next book. So seven is obviously an important number, too. I think that's very smart. I just yeah. wonder, like, what else could there be? I still stand by what I said earlier. I think it's dumb for a Quirrell to have used a troll at all. But this is another nice callback to that. Also, I, I, there are seven bottles of potions. There are seven bottles of potions. Yeah, see? I had to um, check that. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to say that and then be wrong. There are a lot of sevens in, in the, these books. There, there ain't nothing that Mug Studies is going to be able to do. Like, what are they going to do? Can you imagine? Plug in a fan. I don't know how to fan works. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's brilliant. Except for, you know, you'd have Harry and Hermione you'd be like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. It's like a computer and you have to put in the right password. Yeah. I mean, some of us muggles have... But I mean, if they sent Ron down there, we'd be fucked. I <laughs> like that it's just plug in a fan. <laughs> plug in a fan. I don't Does know. Does Hogwarts have electricity? No. We've talked about this. We've talked about... Wi-Fi, Wizard-Fi, etc. Yeah, just something interesting to think about. <laughs> Woo, let's talk about the movie. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about how they get into it because they cut out all the, yeah. all the exam stuff. Um, which is fine. Which I'm okay without oh, that. I want to see Tap Dancing Pineapples. I do want to see Tap Dancing Pineapples. Lost Opportunity, Warner Brothers. And like all of the following Snape around stuff doesn't happen. Although they do have the moment where they're like inside Hogwarts or whatever. And like Snape comes up behind them and he's like, people will think you're up to something. <laughs> like that. I, I do love that. Alan Rickman winning nice. the scene. But then like Harry has that epiphany and they're, they're like marching across the grounds and he's just like, Hagrid's always wanted a dragon. And blah, why didn't I see this before? It's very well done. It's really well done. I, I think the execution of that is great. I think it's some of Daniel Radcliffe's best acting in the movie overall. Mm -hmm. uh, I th there's that moment great, where they're running part. into McGonagall's office too. Right. And, and there's great. a there's a ghost just doing whatever in, in the classroom. I, I oh yeah. Know. I'm the, like, why is there a ghost? The ghost is like, time for class out. and McGonagall's like, he no, likes, you're dead. That ghost likes education. I don't know. <laughs> um, Continued death-long learning. Death-long learning. Yeah. And it cuts out all that extra stuff, but it is streamlined. It's very fast-paced in the movie. As they're getting ready then to go on their adventure, we have Neville. We have Neville in his cute teddy bear pajamas. <laughs> he was like, I'll fight you. Now, of course, you can't get inflection out of this text, but I do think that it's a little bit more brave in the book. Oh, yeah. I mean, they build it up more in the yeah. book, too. You know, you have, yeah. their, you have them kind of talking back to it. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. Here, Hermione just goes, okay, sorry, Neville. <laughs> Now, well, now, you body bind curse. Once they have those like completely inconspicuous <laughs> lines and everything, right? It's yeah. So it it moves so much faster yeah. there. This, this is movie is long. Thing. We gotta get moving, guys. Yeah, this is another part where I think the special effects lacked a little bit at this moment when the mm -hmm. movie was made. The whole Petrificus Totalis thing, not the best. It effects. doesn't look great. They could have done it cooler now, but yeah, hey, it's there. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, had that happened. In 2011, when the last movie was released, I think that was when the last movie was released, mm -hmm. it looked cooler. But whatever. I mean, cheesy effects are kind of special, yeah. too. There's, like, something about that. Yeah. Once we get to Fluffy, and, of course, on the way to Fluffy, they don't really have a run-in with Mrs. Norris and Peeves isn't in the movie. No, they gotta just get there. Mm -hmm. 
but the harp is still enchanted. I love the visual of Fluffy breathing or snoring and the yeah. cloak comes off of them. Now that like, is oh, one... Spe- he's asleep. That's one special effect that they did quite cool. and then, well. And then the harp stops and and Fluffy wakes up and they're not even looking at Fluffy and then there's this, the drool on Ron that's like yeah, the size of his head. That's it's a really hilarious. cool effect. I like that. I do quite like how uh, they did the whole Fluffy thing in the movie. That is true. Fluffy's great. But the whole fan. bringing back in Hagrid's flute that he made him, I do like that. Yeah. Nice little tie-in. But Well, and the way it was done in the book where like Harry starts to play it and then Ron's like, oh, Ron and Hermione are trying to figure out who goes first and then Harry's like, no, no, no. I'm going first. Yeah. Here you play this. It's very specific on Harry, but yeah. in the in the movie he just jumps in first, so yeah. whatever, like it makes sense. Yeah, the um, devil snare. They never say that you relax to get out of it that's, in the book. Oh, that okay. So she's that's like, true. you need to relax, and then Harry listens to her, and he's cool, and then they're down there, and Ron is just fucking panicking. He's running, and then they kind of get the like devil snare from the book, where they're like, and you get Hermione's process. She does that rhyme thing, which is cute, mm-hmm. and then she like makes sunlight yeah. happen. Which is still not necessarily what it is in the book, but it's closer because fire is closer to sunlight, I guess, than relax to get out of the devil's snare. Yeah. The other strange thing is at first it's like, oh, we fell on some plants. Good things these plants were here. You're an idiot. It's suffocating you. (laughs) That's kind of interesting. And then we move on to the keys. And the big difference here is that the keys don't attack him. No, not until he touches Broomstick. In the book. In the book, they don't attack him. When we're getting to the next scene, when I was watching it, I was like, why is Harry's face all beat up and his clothes all yeah. beat up and Ron and Hermione are? Because the keys attacked him exactly. in the scene before. And my brain was like not remembering that because I'm thinking yeah. about the book too. I feel like that's a big difference and honestly it adds even more difficulty to that task of like catching the snitch kind of thing yeah because he's just like swatting him out of his face and stuff yeah i also wonder if there's not as much peril in these i mean i guess there's a fair amount of peril you could have gotten your head bitten off you could have been strangled now all these keys are just stabbing at you but there's no like troll later there's yeah. not the risk of being poisoned by the... Yeah. That but. scene is crazy, though. It's very violent. Them just going at him and then closing and, the door at the right yeah, time. Yeah, and they all, like, dab into the door. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Which your is face. another really cool effect. It's, so, yeah. So, th- so that is quite different. When we get to the chess game, it's actually more violent in the book, I think. I think it is. However, Harry and Hermione, they take the place of those pieces, but Ron is like, I'm going to get on this horse as the knight. And it actually makes his getting knocked out not as scary. It's not as scary. I mean, it's still scary just to see a small child knocked unconscious. And I think I mentioned it earlier in the book these characters are way more humanoid. In the movie, it's like they are transfigured to literally be alive. The music under the chess game is so great. Uh, The music, I mean... The music, the soundtrack of this whole movie is great. But under the chess game, like, I can, if I hear that music, I can see the whole thing. And I can see the queen doing her, like, pivot on the chessboard. It's very visualizing music. I think it's really cool. That specific queen in the movie, too, is terrifying. Terrifying! Even though they're not humanoid. I love Ron's motivational speech. Because Harry figures out he's going to sacrifice himself. And Hermione's like, no, you can't. He's like, no, no, no. Listen, it can't be me, it can't be you, it's gotta be Harry, you have to go, so I have to do this, and it's just very, it's like this cute little motivational speech. Oh my gosh. I love him. Yeah. There's so much room in the basement of Hogwarts. Think of just the hidden passageways that we learn about in the third book, and And everything that that we learn in the second book. Like, Hogwarts got a big basement, there gotta be a lot of shit going on Think of the room of requirement you know and like building all of this they had magic so why so, not add all these secrets it's a really big basement things. the storage is unlimited so then we bypass the troll and potions i truly think that not having potions in the movie is a little bit of a loss it would have been a quick little thing to add yeah i do like the four house heads having a task as well as of course dumbledore it's a little bit weird, I guess, for Hagrid to have one. But, I mean, he's been a main character in this. Quirrells, I don't completely miss. Except it does add a little bit of context to the troll scene. In, from before? From before. Yeah. But it's, I think it's more pertinent for Snape's, honestly. And it adds a little bit more foreshadowing towards 
it not being Snape at the end, too, which I really like. Although, yeah. Quirrell's is there, too, so, like, what can you say both of them contributed? Well, I mean, maybe it's more mysterious than in the movie, because neither of those are in there. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know, I like it, but we do still get that little last scene, the books and cleverness scene, oh, back in chess. It's very cute. They have the conversation, and, like, Ron is there. Like, and that's everything. That's we made it through there. Who are you uh, giving points to? Okay. I mean, this is, was a pretty easy episode for giving points. 50 to Harry for all of his leadership and logic. He has a lot of great moments in this chapter from that epiphany moment where they run down to Hagrid's, his speech that he has, the way he leads Hermione and Ron through this entire thing. Lots to Harry. 50 <laughs> is quite a lot of points. Good job, point. Harry. Yeah. Also 50 to Hermione because she is paying attention in herbology class. Her quick solve of that potions puzzle that she's 11 years old and she was able to get through it pretty quickly. She has a lot of great quotes too. Of course, the looks and cleverness. Oh, so cute. The way that she like so ruthlessly takes care of Neville. <laughs> it just uh, She's like, okay, I guess I have to do something. Because Harry's just like, do something. She's like, all right. Yeah, I'll do things later. Not 50 to Ron, but only 10 to Ron. <laughs> because he still is kind of a little dumb and dramatic. And he has some great moments. The chess scene is wonderful. And he certainly helped through this whole thing. But there were still some Ron moments where he was running, that I think deterred him from getting points. So 10 to Ron, and I can't give everybody 50. I mean, I'll save that for Dumbledore later. And then- um, Dumbledore's busy giving all the points, The so. only place that I'm taking points away, and it's not a lot because we kind of already went through this with him, but negative five points to Hagrid. The whole egg business that we learn about in this chapter and then telling the trio about this. Come on, Hagrid. Poor Hagrid, but yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you need some better habits here, so. And that's all I have. All right. So our next episode is the final chapter of this book. It's chapter 17, The Man and with, with Two, two faces. faces. And no, it's not me, so wow. stop asking me. <laughs> wow. Tune in next time. Yeah, and then we're done. But we have a lot more exciting things planned. We'll go over that, I'm sure, at the end of next episode. Yeah. But fun things are coming. For at least us. Yeah. <laughs> For at least us. Maybe not you. I mean, we're having a good we don't time. know your life, but ours <laughs> lives are pretty great. So, bye. Bye. <laughs>